Excuse me, but are you loving this podcast? If you are, you can support the show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. All you have to do is hit the link in the show description to support now. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Excuse me, I have something to say. Hello and welcome to Excuse Me, I Have Something to Say, the podcast where we have real and open conversations about life and everything she throws at us. I'm your host, Sean Philip Naylor, and if you're tuning in for the first time, don't forget to click on that subscribe button so you don't have to miss out on any new episodes as they're released every fortnight. You can also join in on the conversation by heading over to the podcast's official Instagram account, hitting that follow button and sliding right on into our DMs. Or you could surf your way over to the official website, excuse me, I have something to say.com, where you can subscribe to the newsletter so that you will never miss out on a thing. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Excuse Me. I want to start the episode off by saying a big welcome back to our regular listeners. It's always a pleasure to have you here and to anybody who's tuning in for the first time. Hello and welcome. Please remember that you guys can rate and review the podcast and the episodes over on Apple Podcasts and don't forget to click subscribe on your favorite podcast provider. This week I had a few questions that I wanted to have answered around diet and nutrition. So I packed up my podcast recording equipment jumped in my little red car and drove to see my good friend, Amy. Amy and I used to work together a few years back and she is just one of the kindest, most sweetest souls on this planet. And she will do anything for anyone. She's absolutely gorgeous. Recently, Amy decided to go back to school and she is studying nutrition whilst also holding down a full-time job and somehow always managing to look absolutely flawless. I don't know how she does it. Now, before we get too far into the episode, I just want to lay down a little disclaimer. Amy is studying, so she is not yet a qualified health practitioner, nutritionist, or a dietitian. At this point, we can consider Amy as someone who has a passion for health and a passion for nutrition. She's not able to diagnose, prescribe, or give health advice. And any shared information on this podcast is for entertainment and is from her own life experiences. Amy, welcome to the show. 
Thank you, Sean. So you, my love, have recently started studying nutrition. I have. How's that going? It is going very well. It was a long time in the making. Kind of wanted to do it for quite a few years before taking the plunge into a course after having 12 years of no education at all apart from high school. <laughs> yeah. I could not imagine going back to, to school and studying something now. There's things I'd like to do, but I just can't ever see myself doing it. So well done you. Big, Thank brave you. move. <laughs> it can be very daunting. I think it's just important to find the right course without scaring yourself off too much, overcommitting. <laughs> and why this particular course for you? This particular course for me was... A course that covered all of the topics that I was interested in without having to go to university. So it's a little bit less of a commitment than three years of uni. Say a safe course that will uh, get you accredited qualifications afterwards. I like it. <laughs> yes. Why the career change? <laughs> less of a career change. I guess I don't want to do this necessarily as a job moving forward, but I want to have it as a background option, maybe to go forward as a side hustle or something like that, more than a full-time job. But so many reasons, um, so many things in my life led me up to the moment before clicking enroll into this study. I had a very sick mother growing up. She had cystic fibrosis for many years before getting a lung transplant about five years ago. And the side effect of cystic fibrosis is a lot of digestive problems, which of course can be assisted with nutrition. So the interest for nutrition started at a very young age. I was probably about eight when my interest first peaked. That's early. <laughs> very early. I remember being in school and learning about vitamins and that was just like a, a set off for me. I was interested ever since. How are you finding study so far? At first it was really challenging. Um, the first topics in my textbook were about human anatomy, biology and chemistry, which was completely terrifying. As I said before, I didn't study anything for 12 years and I definitely do not have a scientific background <laughs> at all. So on top of reading the textbook, I was also having to study the content externally to the textbook to try to get my head around everything. Is it pretty complicated? It would be it would be such a huge topic to go into because there's specific areas. Yeah, definitely. Especially when it comes to the chemistry of, you know, the digestive system and all the little chemicals inside our brains that tell us when we're hungry and full and Mine all tells that me I'm hungry things. all the time. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of us do. And it's always telling me I'm hungry for the wrong kind of things. <laughs> we'll talk more about that later. <laughs> so are you finding going back to school, as it were, and, and doing this study, how is that making you feel? So I feel really fulfilled. I guess it's kind of like one of those things. I've never really been one for too much future planning or having like one specific dream to stick to. But I guess when something keeps coming up, it's probably a good sign to go ahead and do it. And I feel really happy that I took yeah. the chance and did the research and made the right choice. And it's definitely inspired me to do more on the same topics. You mentioned in the notes that we were discussing earlier, topics that they covered in the course were satisfying to you. Mm -hmm. Interesting story. <laughs> <laughs> so I might back that question up with a little bit of an introduction to why again I guess my reason why I started studying uh, about two years ago actually almost exactly two years ago we took a trip me and my husband took a one month trip away this trip was a great trip and it was a family trip so we had lots of good quality time with each other and our family however that trip showed me exactly how I didn't want to live my life we spent a lot of time indoors which yeah. is very not me uh, I like welcome to, be... to coronavirus yeah <laughs> <laughs> I love being out in nature and just having the sunlight on my body and 
you know, just being active. It's part of my personality. And we were stuck indoors for a whole month. And on top of being stuck indoors, we were not making healthy food choices at all. And not binging, but I guess taking advantage of the foods that were around us at the time. A little bit too much. (laughs) So I guess that trip kind of like changed my life because I realized how I didn't want to be living my life. So what could I do to make sure that that didn't happen? That wasn't our outcome. And when I came home, me and my little sister, Olivia, we do little goal setting dates once a month and we keep each other accountable for our goals. That's cute and And healthy and healthy. Very good. (laughs) Um, But yeah, we sat down one day and she was going through her goals and she said that she'd heard a quote somewhere that really resonated with her, which was to reach your goals you need to create pain around what would happen if you weren't to reach your goals and for me I was like oh my god like it just hit me so hard I was like yeah like that's how I don't want to live my life I've experienced it it felt disgusting and I don't want to do that again so what's next that's (laughs) an interesting way to look at it I've never really thought of it like that creating the pain She's way wiser than her years. She's a wise (laughs) old owl, a wise young owl. (laughs) Just hit home. Wow. One of the things that I, when we were talking about planning this episode, um, one of the things that you mentioned to me, and it was something that I wanted to bring up anyway, was diet culture and mentality. And it was something that you brought up very quickly when we were starting to talk about what we would plan. And... I guess one of the things that I wanted to talk about was your experience on views and diet culture. Yeah, sure. So my story, I guess, is probably a little bit different to most who experience diet culture. I'm sure all of us do on some level or another. But as I said, I I started my health journey a little over two years ago after that trip was taken. And I'm lucky enough to have three younger sisters who have been a great support to me throughout that time and me to them, hopefully. (laughs) I hope they think the same. But all four of us started at the same time and it was nice to have people who kept you accountable, but also we all had different goals and different reasons behind why we wanted to do this. My reason at the time was because I wanted to lose weight for my wedding. Who doesn't want to look good? Who doesn't want to look good on their wedding day, right? Like that's totally normal. So I made the decision to myself to start eating healthier, to stick to a workout regime, to just make better choices and just try to be active every day. Since making those changes and making that decision, I was approached by a lot of people, especially in my current, no, my previous working environment where people would be like oh you're on a diet now so you can't eat this and those uh the judgment looks we like would i guess delve into it a little bit later but benny and i we live a try to live a keto lifestyle but not one of the kind of i don't want to say crazies but you know (laughs) we don't count macros and things like Mm -hmm. that it's just a lifestyle that kind of fits in with our pre-existing lifestyle But um, even today, after the walk we went on with Ali, we took her out for a picnic and we pull out our food and she's like, is that keto? And it's like, well, yes. (laughs) That's it. I think a lot of diets, they kind of give people a bit of a, like a group to belong to, I guess. You need to kind of ask yourself why or like a title, you know, like you shouldn't have to be your diet. You should just be your own person. Yeah. So yeah, like diving back into like those people at my old workplace, there was never anything specific and it was never in a malicious way, but you know, people just assume that because you're making healthier choices that you must be on this really restrictive diet or because you have a goal to stick to, you must be missing out on all these amazing things, which honestly, in my situation, it was just a choice not to eat them. Yeah. Like it wasn't like I was being forced to, no one was holding a gun to my back or anything like that. Like it was my choice. But yeah, those, those words and behaviors that I saw, especially throughout that first year have really stuck with me because it's kind of sad how, you know, eating healthy lifestyle means that you belong to this diet club 
See, I always say, and I guess you studying nutrition, that this is something that would come up a lot. I always say everything in moderation. And when I talk to people about Benny and I having a, a, a keto lifestyle, I'm often met with people worrying about certain aspects of it. And also people, you know, feeling like we are probably denying ourselves things. Mm-hmm. But truth be told, we don't. We went out for dinner at a friend's house last night and it was not a keto meal at all. Like it was a beautiful curry with rice and dessert was cheesecake. We don't, but then today we go back to eating in the, in the manner which sort of suits our lifestyle. Mm-hmm. I don't know where I'm going with this. That's okay. Um, I've gone rogue. <laughs> You're allowed to go rogue. It's your <laughs> podcast. Um, I think it comes from those outside views. Like people have a preconception of what certain things and lifestyles are. And I guess that they kind of hold you the same as whoever they've seen in the media, especially. And, you know, that might not necessarily be your case at all. And the way you and Benny sound to be doing things is a very healthy way because you've got balance. Exactly. Everything in moderation. Everything is about balance. Especially when it comes to family and friends, you know, like is your diet going to get you in trouble with mom and dad when they're cooking dinner or, you know, (laughs) things like that. Yeah. Got to think about other people as well. My main point um, I wanted to make about the diet mentality is the way me and you would choose to eat would be very different mm-hmm. food is food it's the same for everybody <laughs> it's designed for us to to eat and enjoy and there's no such thing as you know good foods and bad foods and healthy foods and unhealthy foods we should just be now you're talking <laughs> <laughs> that's it but if you feel like something why deny yourself the pleasure of enjoying it well, that's it like if, as long as you're not eating bad stuff all the time and you're having that balance like you know there's a lot of high fat in the lifestyle that we have a lot of bacon and things like that but we also love to just have some grilled veggies and protein yeah and that's perfect but all these restrictive diets that are out there these days that people try to do perfectly all the time it creates very restricted mentality and you know that that causes people to binge usually because they don't think they're allowed to have certain foods it's really sad so amy share with me your final thoughts on uh diet mentality diet culture so diet culture in my experience and the way that i've seen in my family and friends especially diet culture attitudes and beliefs they usually tend to focus our attention outward like you know what we look like on the outside and what other people are seeing us eating or what our food shows us on our macro and calorie tracking apps and these beliefs and actions can sometimes make us feel really drained or triggered or sometimes really guilty. And it's really normal for people to feel that way now. I'd love to see more people focusing that attention inwards and listening to their body's cues a little bit more and enjoy food and beverages that you wouldn't normally do if you were sticking to a diet. The human body is really intelligent and all it wants to do is keep us alive and healthy. And if you have deficiencies, it will probably send you some little cues to tell you what it needs or what it's really needing or craving at the moment. But yeah, I think the diet mentality disconnects us from our internal cues. And I think it'd be nice now, especially with social media around to, you know, just disconnect from it a little bit and connect to yourself and listen to what your body's trying to tell you beautifully said um while we're talking about things like social media i think that could be something that could be used better like i always turn on my phone and i'm log into instagram and there's always a kardashian promoting something or particularly with the types of um feed that shows itself on my instagram 
there's usually a lot of very attractive ripped men who are just shirtless or in their swimwear and it just gives you this really I guess unhealthy expectation of what you think you're supposed to look like mm-hmm. I know for me as as a, a gay man there are definitely certain archetypes in which I feel pressure that I need to be like that. And I know most women in my life have had the same sort of experience, whether it, you know, they might be looking to somebody who has a completely different frame to them and they're trying so to, to be like that. And that's where I think the whole sort of mentality around dieting and lifestyle choices need to change and be tailored to the individual Mm -hmm. let's talk about for you growing up in a household full of girls yeah of course as i mentioned before i'm one of four girls in in my little family large family (laughs) Um, but growing up mum made the really healthy decision in my opinion to not put scales in our bathroom she had scales in her own bathroom because she, as I mentioned before, had cystic fibrosis and it was really hard for her to put on weight. And that was her goal. She really needed to put on weight because she couldn't any other way. But I think growing up without scales, it it did teach us that, you know, like our bodies knew what they needed. We would eat until we were full and then we would stop. We were never forced to eat or not eat anything, which was really good. But um, as we've all grown up into women over the years, there are, of course, outside influences and body image issues and anxieties that have popped up for all four of us. And since starting our fitness and health journey two years ago together, it's been very interesting, but also really concerning to see how all four of us have taken it a completely different way and what our ambitions and goals are. I don't know, like you just see some behaviors come up and it's just really sad that people don't see themselves how how other people see them like so are you talking specifically along the lines of body dysmorphia or because i know i look in the mirror and i'm like don't always like what i see Mm -hmm. sometimes hate it i think body dysmorphia i don't know a lot about the topic but from what i do know it's not very well studied or understood yet but i think anyone who's fallen down the diet rabbit hole before kind of have a little piece of it already because not always what you see in the mirror is what other people see like we could be looking at the fittest healthiest most ripped person on instagram but they could be looking in the mirror at home and feeling like they're fat and disgusting and not worthy of our likes or views on instagram it's funny because my partner he used to be a much bigger man before i met him and he's had several different weight loss journeys and it's all you know it comes down to diet and exercise he will be the biggest advocate of it's what you put in your mouth and what you're putting out Mm -hmm. but even with him he'll you know sometimes he might have too many carbs in a week and he'll be looking in the mirror and he'll be like oh i'm so fat and i quite happily probably shouldn't it's probably bad and i'll probably get into trouble for this (laughs) uh for admitting it on air but i will happily turn around to him and go you uh, you have some body dysmorphia here you're not what you think you're seeing Mm -hmm. and i don't know if that's helpful or hurtful but it yeah. just frustrates me to see him go, oh, I'm really fat. And I'm kind of like, "You, no offense, but you used to be. Yeah. And compared to that, you're not. And you're healthy and you're exercising every day. And that's it. it's I crazy. Think when we grow up, seeing ourselves a certain way, even after you put in the work, like, like Benny's obviously lost the weight. I've seen him recently and know how far he's come. But I think we still have in our heads what we used to look like before. Yeah. And it's really hard for us to see our own personal changes. And I know that that's the case for even myself and my sisters since starting this journey. But yeah, sometimes you just need to 
sit them down and just be like, pull your head in. Like, look how far you've come. See, like, I like what you were saying before about your mum taking the scales out of the, the bathroom. I think that's a really healthy choice to make. We have scales in our bathroom. Mm-hmm. And I, no joke, I will stand on them every day. And then I'll go out for exercise and I'll come back and I'll stand on them again. <laughs> And it is really unhealthy because a lot of the time I'll wake up in the morning and I will feel good. I feel good about my body. I'll feel like I'm feeling good, feeling healthy. And then I go stand on the scales and then I hate myself. Yeah, it's a really bad habit and a very unhelpful tool, especially when it comes to weight loss or leading a healthy lifestyle, because so many things can impact that number on the scale. And it's not necessarily a good indication of your progress. Exactly. So hats off to your mother for (laughs) Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Taking those scales out. She did a good job. She did. <laughs> Um, So since you started your study, how has your diet and lifestyle changed? A lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. (laughs) Um, (laughs) When I first began my journey, I said I wasn't on a diet and I wasn't on a diet, but I was trying to use tools to gain a better understanding of where I was sitting with my diet and my lifestyle. Like I wanted to know how much activity I was doing in a week and how many calories I was eating and how many calories I was burning but I wasn't keeping record of them. It was just my own note-taking system, basically, so I could see which areas I needed yeah. to improve on. But since then, we don't have any food restrictions. I don't count calories anymore. I really try to be more intuitive in our eating habits. I said before, I don't think that you should stop yourself from eating anything, especially if you really are feeling like it and it's not an emotional craving. Me and my husband have taken up the plant-based lifestyle about eight months ago and we are loving it, but it gives us more reason to eat whole foods and eating with the seasons and things that just genuinely make you feel good. I'm much more active now. I try to do something to do with physical activity every day. I found an exercise regime that I absolutely love and it makes me really happy and gives me that good dopamine rush can i ask what sort of exercise you do on the daily you can um so i love doing weights um not necessarily heavy weights but just weightlifting in general any way shape or form i love it it makes me feel good and i love walking so i try to do that on every second day so if I'm not walking doing weights love walking i wish i liked running i always wanted to be your oh, same sarah lovely sarah she's an inspiration she's incredible and she when we worked together she would always be like I, get, I would wake up, drag myself out of bed, jump in the shower, throw on my work clothes, have a coffee, drive to work, get to work, 
open the doors, have another coffee. Sarah would come in and she'd be like, oh, I've been out for a run and I've made myself this incredible breakfast. I have She's to. like, how do you do that? <laughs> She's amazing. And I have to give her a little shout out too, because I did reach out to her before studying for some advice That's and she gave me some pointers and she is a qualified dietitian and she has her own clinic and she's just an inspiration and the content that she puts up on her pages is just amazing. She is amazing and it's a little Sarah love fest right now. So if anybody wants to follow Sarah, they can go find her and her accredited nutritional advice at the Good Food Clinic on Instagram. Yes, please go follow her. She's great. Hi, Sarah. <laughs> we love you. <laughs> we do. <laughs> Amy, what is your, this is one actually, this question was one when I said that I was going to be interviewing you and that you're studying nutrition now. And I said to Benny, what would you ask a nutritionist if you could ask them anything? And he said, I want to know what their go-to meal is when they're looking for balance and convenience. Yeah, I mean, in this house, we love all things spicy. (laughs) So we usually tend to go more towards Mexican-inspired foods. But if we were looking for balance and convenience, I would recommend a big bowl of chili. Obviously, in this house, we're plant-based, but it's such an easy way of getting mixed vegetables, beans, legumes... It gives you a lot of fiber, fats, proteins. It's just a very balanced and pretty easy to put together meal. What do you see when I think of chili? I am like a beef mince kind of chili. Mm -hmm. So what do you when you have your plant based chili? What do you supplement? We we do. We're doing meat free Mondays now. I'm very proud of you. Thank you. You know how hard that is (laughs) for me. Um, So in this house, we usually sub out beef mints for textured vegetable protein, which is like a soy protein isolate that's been freeze-dried. No, it's like a, it looks like minced meat. It's like a dehydrated um, soy protein that they've, yeah, just made into like these little pellets and you you put some boiling water over the top and you can flavor them. you've lost me at pellets. (laughs) Pellets probably wasn't the right (laughs) word. Um, Hard to describe. It's almost like a sand texture, I guess. A little okay. bit thicker than sand. <laughs> Baby, mm-hmm. how would you um, describe TVP? What does it look like? Cat litter. <laughs> <laughs> You're not selling it. <laughs> it. It does. It's brown cat litter, but it absorbs water. Uh, it go. looks like beef mints when it's it finished. It looks like beef mints when it's finished. All right, I could make my peace with that. <laughs> Benny, when we started doing Meat Free Monday, Benny made me eat nut meat. It's not that great sometimes. <laughs> it came in a can and it smelled like dog food. We have some in the pantry. And there it will stay. Um, um, yeah, no, was not a fan of the nut meat. No. He made it into this beautiful looking burger. And he got really upset because oh, there, that's the one. That's the same nut meat that Benny presented to me. And I have nightmares. He got really upset because he made this burger and he was really trying to like, it was it was childhood memories for him because his mum was vegetarian when he was growing up. And anyway, it made me gag and he got really upset because he's never, like he's such a foodie and he's never presented somebody with food and then had them gag over it. So I'm sorry about that one. That's okay. We did not have, me, it's not for me. No, we had some success with it on Christmas last year because I was just after we decided to go plant-based yeah. and I did follow the ingredients and the instructions on the can and we made the meatloaf that it was suggested and it was delicious. Based on the studies that you've learned so far, is there a particular diet or lifestyle that you think might be better than the rest? I'm going to answer this in a couple of different steps if that's okay with you of course from my knowledge no nutritional 
education will tell you exactly what diet is best to stick to because diets are highly individual. But there are some very easy guidelines that everybody could stick to to be on the right path to a healthy diet and lifestyle. And they are variety, so eating a good variety of foods from all five food groups, eating a lot of whole foods, so especially like fruits and vegetables, nuts, seeds, grains, all of those good, delicious things. Trying to eat as unprocessed foods as possible, so eating foods that are as close to their natural state as you can. And as mentioned before, individuality. So just keeping in mind that what works for you might not work for me, as we're all unique Yeah, it's and not like a one-case-fits-all kind of scenario. Everybody's different and everybody wants different things. Mm-hmm. But yeah, those guidelines are pretty easy to follow, like without being obviously restrictive or preachy. (laughs) No one likes preachy. No. You have in your notes here something that I haven't actually gone into in too much detail because I actually wanted you to explain this to me, Mm -hmm. but you had this section in our notes, which is called Blue Zones. Yes. What the heck is a blue zone? (laughs) Not as confusing as it sounds, but around the world there are these things that in the nutrition field we label as zones and it's basically little areas of the world where study and research has gone into um, because their populations seem to be living longer and healthier lives than most developed countries especially and they also have a huge reduction of common diseases that are diet related just two of these countries that i'll mention is japan's okinawa and italy's sardinia i'm not sure if any listeners know but if you do i'm very proud of you (laughs) um but basically their diets are similar to each other especially between okinawa and sardinia the diets that the people in those zones tend to eat are a lot of whole vegetables very small amounts of meat fish and dairy and they build their meals around beans grains and vegetables and only use heart healthy fats and opt for fruits instead of desserts or processed foods that are full of refined sugars there's also been a lot of research that's yielded fantastic results from whole food plant-based diets which is what me and my husband are following um and really the only difference between okinawa and sardinia is that in japan they focus more on tofu and soy products whereas in Italy, they focus more on the fish because they're obviously surrounded by water. Of course. (laughs) It's a little bit more acceptable in Italy to have fish over tofu. I remember a few weeks ago, I was watching the Food Channel and they were talking about a Mediterranean diet is Mm -hmm. is a really healthy diet. Mm -hmm. I guess it's a lot of fish, a lot of fresh vegetables. So that Mediterranean diet has actually been based off of the Sardinia region. So it's it's based on what they eat in that region. I would also like to have a Mediterranean lifestyle. I mean, we have a good one here, but... (laughs) It's true, but it's not quite Greece. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So what's the key to making permanent changes? I think there are three. The first one, and I'm sure you're familiar with this as we've worked together and this was part of our development plans, (laughs) but it's finding your why power. I think when you realize why you're doing something then you focus more on how you're going to do it yeah you know what that's 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 why i'm podcasting now. <laughs> it's perfect it fits right in there my second key is taking your time and implementing small habits and changes one baby step at a time i think it's quite unrealistic to go to bed on sunday night and be like okay tomorrow i'm going to change my life and everything from the second i wake up till the second i go to bed is going to be how i'm going to live for the rest of my life See, look, I've done that, and that is just, I have never succeeded. 
Exactly. Um, when I have succeeded in things, it is because I take a little step and then I take another little step mm-hmm. on top of that once I guess I get used to it. Yeah. Any any changes we're going to implement, you kind of have to do one at a time. And once that one becomes second nature and you don't have to think about it anymore, then it's okay to layer the next one on. And then when that becomes normal, then you can layer the next one on and it becomes life over time. And then you get to where you want to get to. That's it. And what's your third key to success? My third key to success would be instead of removing everything that you didn't necessarily want in your life anymore, always give yourself a healthier swap. I know for us, when we decided to take the healthy lifestyle route, we went through our pantry and, you know, we got rid of a lot of the refined foods and we changed like potato chips for popcorn and, you know, a lot of our meat products, we changed to beans and legumes and just things that we knew were healthier swaps, but would give us the same satisfaction. So... Bearing in mind, we've already touched on the fact that I and Benny, sorry, we live uh, more of a keto lifestyle. The reason we went to that was, to be honest, it really did for me. Personally, it came from wanting to lose weight and always going from one diet to the next and not being able to, to sustain it. And it's those, you know, I'm starting on Monday and I'm changing everything. And then I did a photo shoot and and I just couldn't stand looking at myself and I was like this is not going to work for me and other people in my life had mentioned the keto diet and I knew about ketosis from years back when I did a different diet and that was when I learned about that with this particular lifestyle change it wasn't too dramatic because most nights we were having grilled vegetables with like chicken tenderloins on the side and that was it but there are some people who say that us living on this lifestyle we should be worried Should I be worried? Look, it sounds like you and Benny have got a pretty balanced and you're not too restricted in your diet. As you said before, you you are happy to eat with friends and take Ellie and the kids out for dinner and things like that. So my problem with keto, (laughs) and it's not everybody, because some people can do it and they can thrive and they can be very healthy. But I know you mentioned before that you've had people comment on like cholesterol levels and things like that. And it has been shown in studies that it can impact cholesterol levels, but the studies are so inconclusive that it doesn't necessarily say whether it's the good cholesterol that's going up or the bad cholesterol that's going up and the results have all been different. But I think when it comes to your cholesterol results, I think it's really important to just make sure you're getting medical supervision along the way, making sure you're up to date with all your blood work. And I'm so not up to date. <laughs> I would recommend it. <laughs> okay. Um, just because with keto, it is it can be quite a restrictive diet. Um, you just don't want to do any damage to your body. So try to keep up with medical. Promise I'll go see a doctor and get some blood work done. <laughs> Please. Um, but what about, what's good about it? There are a lot of good um, studies that have come from keto testing so far, but I do want to preface that with a lot of the testing has been done on animals and not humans. So just be aware, but there have been some signs that it can obviously aid with weight loss, as we've seen. It can assist, assist in the prevention of diabetes, possibly protect you from some cancers, and it can assist people with Alzheimer's and Parkinson's. But these would be like, as you say, it's only been done in animal testing so far. So these are not proven to, to work for, for humans. And mm-hmm. even if they did, I guess, again, it comes back to that. It's not a blanket for everybody. It's not going to make everybody's, yeah. you know, somebody suffering with Alzheimer's and you're like, here you go, eat this yeah. bacon. 
This is totally off topic, but it's kind of like the medicinal marijuana for seizures, you know? Like, it can be a really good treatment if it's done properly. Yeah. Okay. So, I don't have to worry too much, but I do have to go and get my levels checked with my doctor. I will do that. I guess coming with the blood work from the doctor as well, and as you said before, you, you and Benny are still eating plenty of grilled vegetables and things like that, which is great. Something just to keep in mind if you continue doing keto is just to make sure that your dietary fiber is enough every day. Has anyone spoken to you about that before? No. No. So dietary fiber, obviously it comes from a lot of the fruits. And when people are on keto and they're trying to cut back carbs, a lot of fruit Ah, gets missed out. See, I miss fruit. I said this to Benny the other day. It's the one thing with keto that I'm not always on board with is I miss the fruit. And saying that if I want an apple, I'll have an apple. Yeah. See, that's perfect. You're very balanced. I I appreciate that. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, if there are other people out there and you're not getting your dietary fiber, then you know, you can turn a little list of cons for keto into a massive list because then you've got to worry about all the deficiencies of fiber, which is such an important part of nutrition. Yeah. So Amy, you've been studying nutrition now for a little under a year. Mm-hmm. What was one of the, some of the biggest factors to get you started? And when you've completed your study, what do you want to do? So some of the biggest factors that got me started were we had our blood levels tested um, about two years ago and um, found out that my husband's cholesterol was pretty high for his age. It wasn't in the dangerous levels yet. Upon looking into that, a lot of especially cholesterol levels and prevention of heart disease, which does run on both sides of our family, can be prevented purely through diet. So that really piqued an interest for me to want to learn how to prevent it as much as possible seeing as three out of our four parents have that running on their bloodlines following on from that as well in the future we do want to have children and I want to make sure that we're around and healthy for them and to raise them to be healthy as well obviously my own desire to be healthy and fit that definitely was an impact in making the decision on what to study and I guess just the curiosity about how what we eat impacts our body fair enough (laughs) and when you've finished with all of your study what are you going to do with your qualifications if anything Mm -hmm. so at the moment um, I've completed my accredited certificate in human nutrition and I've started sampling a meal and menu planning course so that entail (laughs) it's interesting so far I'm not sure if that's the pathway I'm going to take yet only because it's more designed for groups of people or restaurants serving groups of people. So I'm not sure if that's going to be the direction I take. But after that, I think I'm going to sign up to kitchen medicine. What is kitchen medicine? <laughs> it is the making of herbal teas and things that have been proven to benefit health. The making of them. So essentially you could have your own little cute tea shop selling yeah, these possibly. wonderful that's, that's amazing <laughs> but I guess my purpose at the moment is as selfish as it sounds to learn as much as I can that will directly impact us in the now and then figure out from there which direction to take it in now I have one last question for you mm-hmm. and this one I can't take full credit for this is a question I found on the internet and I was just like that's actually it's pretty interesting upon learning what you've learned so far with your studies What is something you've learned that you just wish that everybody knew? It's such a good question. And when I was preparing for this answer, there are so many things that I would love to share with the world about what I've learned. But I guess a whole lot of the world's top killing diseases are caused by the food choices that we make and what we put into our bodies and especially a lack of fruit and vegetables. Um, And these factors are completely impacted by the choices that we make ourselves. No one else makes that decision for us, especially after infancy and childhood. So 
my first lot of advice would be to eat the rainbow. That's my life motto. You know, not eat- Skittles. <laughs> Not Skittles, but as many colored fruit and vegetables as you possibly can. And learn to listen to your own hunger cues and enjoy food that you're eating. It's there for us to enjoy and nourish you. Um, Something I mentioned when we were planning this video as well is that I heard a great little piece of advice from a nutritionist online. And she was saying, when you make choices, make the choice to nourish your body, mind, or soul. And not all things nourish all three, but there are definitely things that nurture each one of those. And I think it's really important to to really just be mindful about decisions, especially with food. So guys, that's a wrap on another episode of Excuse Me. If you enjoyed the conversation that Amy and I had, you can follow her over on her brand new Instagram health and wellness and nutrition page. It's called Well With Me, and I'll put the link to that one in the show notes. You can head on over, give her a follow. But for now, that's all from me. If you're feeling generous enough, you can head on over to Apple Podcasts and you can rate and review the show Otherwise, you can head on over to the show's Instagram and send me a DM or you can pop on over to the official website, excuse me, I have something to say.com where you can flick me an email, tell me what you think of the show. And if you have any ideas for future conversations that you guys want to hear, let me know. See you next time. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.